Welcome back. This is our third episode in our three-part series on real estate jargon, all the really important terms you need to know so that you don't get caught out buying your first home. Welcome to Your First Home Buyer Guide, the podcast for first home buyers who want to get it right. I'm Megan and that was Veronica. We're both buyers agents and probably old enough to be your mums. But that's a good thing because between us, we've got over 40 years experience and we are going to share with you bucket loads of stories about avoidable mistakes. Together, we're going to make sure that you get unbiased and real information that you can rely on so you can get where you want to be without missing a step. Now, we've got loads of great tips for you in this episode. And if you'd like more useful tools, head over to the website, homebuyeracademy.com.au. There you'll find free checklists that you can download, a free mini course on how to price a property and our where to buy workshop for only $39. Priceless stuff, really. Bargain. But before we get into the interesting stuff in this week's episode, here's the boring bit, the disclaimer. You of course know that nothing in this podcast is to be taken as personal advice. We always recommend getting the advice of an expert in their field of expertise. Now we've done our very best to ensure that the content is correct at the time of recording, but things change. So check with the relevant government authority or your advisors to get the most up-to-date information. On the market, this is another one of your auction ones, Veronica. Oh, yes. Well, actually, you think the auctioneer is going to announce when the property is on the market, you know, like it's all these little bids and they're underneath what the reserve price is and it gets to that and then the auctioneer says, oh, yes, it's now on the market. So, you know, every bid now might buy it. But that doesn't really happen that often. A lot of auctioneers actually don't like announcing that the property is on the market. And you get smart-ass buyers in the crowd yelling out, is it on the market yet? <laughs> and the auctioneer's like, it's been on the market for four weeks, mate. All that stuff happens, right? Um, the thing is, on the market is that sort of term that means that the property or the bidding level has exceeded where the reserve price is and it will sell because it's over the reserve. Over the reserve. As written in, well, actually, I think in all states, it has to be a written reserve uh, that the seller has authorised the auctioneer to sell the property at. Which can be changed. Which can be changed. Absolutely can be changed, yep. It can. It can't be increased after it has been achieved and it has been advised by the auctioneer that it has that the reserve has been achieved so they they can lower it they can lower it but they can't (laughs) increase it once it's announced on the market good point bonus corporation and then yes so this is sorry new south wales um new south wales name yeah you call it community association don't you out there uh no body corporate body corporate Mm. yes so an administrative body made up of all the owners within a group of units or apartments of a strata building, right? So the owners elect a committee that handles the admin and the upkeep of the complex. Yep. Um, but everybody is a member of the owner's corporation um, once you buy into it. So also known as a body corporate, depending on which state or territory you are in, slightly different terminology applies. Yep. Off the plan. This is yeah. uh, this is where you purchase a property before it's completed, having only seen the plans. Now, we go into many, 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 many episodes we talked about off-plan and why they're not necessarily a good idea, but you need to understand what it is. It's you're buying something that you haven't actually seen yet. We're not fans. And it 
the real extreme, you can buy off the plan and the plan hasn't even been approved. So yes. that's, you know, there's got very long contracts, at least in Queensland, actually, your contracts for off the plan are pretty onerous in terms of the, the developer, whereas they're not that onerous in other jurisdictions. Remember yeah. that word, that extra J word? That J word. Um, yeah, we could do it. We could do, probably do more episodes on off the plan, couldn't we? Let's move on though. Off, off, off. <laughs> this is the fun bit. <laughs> well, to some people, that making an offer is a fun bit. Mm. It is what is conveyed. It conveys intent by one party to form a contract, which may or may not have conditions and stipulations with another party. Mm-hmm. So I'm making an offer to buy your house. All right, offset account. This is a money one. This is a, yeah. a transaction account. Often, uh, the institution that you ha- may have um, your mortgage contract with. So the transaction account is linked to the mortgage account. You can make deposits and withdrawals like any other account, but the big difference is you can reduce the amount of interest charged on your mortgage by having a balance in your offset account. Definitely worth chatting to your broker around that. Absolutely. It gives a lot of flexibility, but there's issues with fixing rates and lots sort of stuff. So get advice around that one. Open listing. A we type of exclusive agreement re- earlier, remember? This is another we one. did. Yes, so this is a type of listing agreement, so an agency agreement where more than one real estate agent may be employed to sell the property. So the owner will pay a commission only to the agent who finds a buyer. So, you know, look, in some areas, this is more common than others. Um, most agents don't like it. They like mm-hmm. exclusive listings that they can they can focus on marketing that property. And also, I guess as a buyer, if you see that a property is openly listed with a number of different buy- uh, agents, you might think, great, I could play them off against each other. So... The listing You've got to be is careful all- with that strategy. You do. <laughs> you because do. both of them might end up claiming the commission. The f- yes, and claiming it off you. So yeah, yeah, get careful. advice on the contract before you sign anything. This listing is also known as a simple listing or a general listing, depending on where you are. And the owner is not obliged to pay anyone a commission if the owner personally sells the property. So yes, it's a bit of two or three agents really. selling it and the owner selling it themselves. And they might sell it to someone for less money because they don't have to pay the mm-hmm. agent a commission. So it can get very murky. Absolutely. Open space. It's land that has had no, had no improvements. So there's no buildings, other structures added to it. This kind of land is often left in a subdivision by a developer or stipulated by a local authority for recreational use or for personal use by the owner. Yes. Passed in. Or to pee. Pee. <laughs> Passed in. That's when, in auction, the highest bid fails to meet the reserve price of a property and the property consequently does not sell. It might then be going to negotiation yeah, yeah. or it might just be that everyone goes home. Yeah. And if it's passed in, in different states, there are different, there's different legislation as to whether the auction conditions still apply after the property is passed in and if a contract forms within a certain period or if it goes to just general non-auction conditions. So really important mm. for you to understand that before you bid at an auction. Yes, very much so. Yeah. Mentioned this one earlier, power of attorney. Um, so in some states, if you want to give somebody the authority to execute documents on your behalf, you have to grant them a power of attorney and often it's limited. Um, it's not required in Queensland. It is required in New South Wales. Um, buyers agents in New South Wales have to have a power of attorney if they're signing for on behalf of their. Um... Well, not if we go to auction. Oh, interesting. There, there you go. go. So we can get an authority at auction, a specific authority to sign the contract. Yeah. Um, if uh, under certain circumstances, and the auctioneer can also sign. 
yes, if they've been authorised. Uh, cer- certainly the same in Queensland. Yep. Mm. There you go. So we don't often do power of attorney, to be honest, um, because of that and also because we're in a very auction-oriented area. But if we were in an area where we were doing private treaty negotiations, we would probably have to get quite a few power of attorneys. Yeah, right. Powers right. of attorney. <laughs> power of attorneys or powers of attorney. <laughs> there you go. Still in P's private sale. This is a sale of a property by the owner without the services of a real estate agent. So Usually a nightmare. That, <laughs> look, to be honest, it is. It, it you, On one hand, it looks quite good because you might be able to pick it up cheaper because they're not paying the agent a commission. But on the other hand, you know, there's, there's emotion involved and often they mm-hmm. think the property is worth way more than market value actually is. So it can be a very difficult negotiation. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, they take things personally sometimes. So the type of owner that would try to sell themselves and not use an agent, usually there's a certain type of person, <laughs> in my experience, that is inclined to do that. And they are not necessarily the most um, easy people to deal with, I find. So I'm not a fan of private sale. Personally, I always think, oh, God, my heart sinks when we have to Give deal with Give me an agent one. I can work with. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny, They often they, it's because they hate agents, but there's... Sales agents says a, there's a real good purpose for they, they, have a very, they, they serve a very very good purpose. Yeah. Right, private treaty sale. So we talked very about different to that early. Private treaty sale is the sale of a property through a real estate agent by negotiation, not by public option. Yeah, and we talk about that. Negotiation. Yeah, we talk about that in the course. And you know, one of our modules is dedicated to um, method of sale, and mm. method of sale is very important because you need to know what the method of sale is so that you have the right strategy. Oh, absolutely, 100%. People come and stuck all the time where they make an offer without knowing what comes next yes. or what they should have done before they made the offer as well. You get yes. everything right, all the right yes. all steps in the right order. Proxy. This is a person who represents another, particularly in a meeting perhaps. Also, the document giving to another the authority to represent you can often find these in body corporate or under yep. corporation meetings. So you might have a proxy vote. You might have heard that sort of terminology. Uh, yes, that's exactly. They're probably the most common yeah. uh, in property terms anyway, use of the word proxy. Yep. Purchasing costs. These are the additional costs on top of the purchase price of the property. So this can really bring people unstuck. Mm. Sometimes you think that you only need the 20% deposit and forget about Things like stamp duty, building inspections, legal fees, mortgage fees. These are all the additional purchasing costs that you have to add up and know how much it's going to cost you because you won't be able to settle a property if you haven't got all of these things in place or if you've Mm. dipped into your 20% deposit to pay these sorts of things. might end up defaulting on the contract. Or you have to pay LMI, lenders mortgage insurance, because you're below the threshold there. So it's a very important thing to be across. Yep, qualified acceptance. So this is the acceptance of an offer subject to a condition or conditions that must be met. So it's like, yes, I'm going to accept it, but there's all these other things that need to happen before it will go through. So it's essentially a counter offer since new conditions are included. Um, Trying to think of an example off the top of my head that we can sort of go, right, well, I cut that one, can you? <laughs> no, because, um, yeah, we don't have a qualified acceptance in Queensland. It is either accepted and a um, fully formed contract, a legally binding contract, yeah. or it's just a verbal offer if the other party hasn't – oh, sorry, not not even – it can be a contractual offer, but if it hasn't been signed, then there's no acceptance at all. 
So it's very rare. Yeah. Qualified buyer. This is a buyer who has satisfied a lender that he or she is financially able to qualify for a loan. Qualifying the buyer is one of the primary steps taken by the lender as part of the loan process. And we also use um, a term called pre-approval is mm. similar to qualified buyer. Real estate agent. Now, we should all know what one of these is. Uh, <laughs> it's a person licensed to negotiate and transact the sale, lease or purchase of real estate on behalf of the property owner or buyer. Yes. So, uh, well, yeah, yeah, kind of. But I would say the real estate agent is definitely on the owner's side as opposed to the buyer's agent, which is on the buyer's side. Except that I'm a real estate agent, aren't you? Yeah, well, I'm qualified, but I don't act as well. It's murky, isn't it? Yeah. Murky. Qualified, a qualification in that sense. I, I, it is a qualification. And in fact, I've just been doing some research on the qualification required to become a buyer's agent. And scarily enough, there's very little you learn about being a buyer's agent in a real estate course. So yes. there you go. <laughs> real property. This is this is a a, uh, a term that is, is, it's a very real term, actually. Yes, <laughs> it is a legal well, because like company title, oh, we didn't do company title under C. We yeah. missed one. We'll anyway, pop it in the show notes. We'll pop it in the uh, the terminology. in the document. So the we document. Just, we're jumping back to C now. Company title is a type of of um, title of a property, um, like an apartment, uh, where it's you're buying shares in a company rather than what's called real property, and that's where real property comes in. It's you are actually buying a piece of that land that that property sits on and the rights to, you know, occupy and inhabit and own the bit of property or the element uh, within that complex that is yours. That is a really clumsy explanation. Basically, you're saying it's land with or without improvements. Yep. Real property. <laughs> Real property. <laughs> yes. Much, much easier to describe than company title. R-E-I-A. You might see these acronyms around the place and wonder what in the world, but they're the Real Estate Institute. So the REIA is the Real Estate Institute of Australia. You'll also hear of REIQ, REI New South Wales, REI Vic, um, TAS, Northern Territory. That, you know, there, there are REIs, Real Estate Institutes, in every state. And their job is to represent the real estate agents. So Real Estate Institute of Australia is the national representative body of real estate agents. Uh, REIQ represents the agents in Queensland, um, New South Wales, and so forth. Very true. Right, rent vesting. This is something that you probably heard. It's a fairly new term though, isn't it? Yeah, it describes when somebody chooses to rent where they want to live and buy a more affordable investment property that's either smaller than they need or in a less expensive location. So it's really quite, It's it really hasn't been around more than about 10 years, I would Yes. Um, even though people have been doing it for a long time, it, it was given a really funky name in recent years. He <laughs> just didn't have a name. <laughs> the reserve price. So we, we've touched on this in some other terms. Yeah, this is the minimum price that a seller will accept at auction. When the reserve is set, the owner is only obliged to sell if the bid exceeds it. It is usually done in writing prior to the auction but it can be adjusted. So if the uh, owner is getting feedback through the auction process, the reserve is set too high, it can be adjusted down. Now, we've just got slightly different wording. So the right of re first refusal, or before we called it the first right of refusal, so it was under F, it's also under R, and that is a provision in an agreement or at auction that gives a party the first opportunity to purchase or lease a property before it's 
offered to others. Yep. So slightly different wording means the same thing. Right of survivorship. This is a really interesting one because we talked about joint tenancy earlier. That's it. And so when you are joint tenants on a property, then the the right of survivorship basically means that if your uh, co-owner should um, shuffle this mortal coil, another word for dying or term for dying, we could add that into our um, <laughs> really <for> property. <laughs> <term. laughs> so they shuffle this mortal coil and you get to automatically inherit their portion of the property. Yep. All right. Selling, selling agent. agent. <laughs> Look, we need selling agents. We we do a lot of our purchases as buyer's agents and you will pretty much do all of your purchases through a selling agent. It is the real estate agent who is engaged by the owner to sell their home. Not by you as the buyer, but the owner to sell their home. Absolutely. And as we said earlier, we prefer to deal with selling agents than directly with owners. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, let's look at seller's market, Veronica, because we've had that for a little while now. We in, have, uh, well, maybe across the last two years or so. It's been shifting, shifting though. So a seller's market is when demand for property is greater than the supply. So there's more buyers than there are sellers, and that obviously pushes the price up because the result is greater opportunities for owners to find um, someone willing to offer whatever they want, you yeah. know, or compete with each other to push the price up. That's that's a seller's market. Yeah, settlement. Now there's two uh, property-related <laughs> terminology definitions here. So the first one is the sale of a property is finalised by the legal representative of the vendor and the purchaser. Mortgage documents come into effect, costs are paid, and the new owner takes possession of the property. Exciting times. So there's a settlement period um, when you're purchasing a property in between when you pay your deposit and, you know, your offer is unconditional and the time between then and this point where it's finalised is called the settlement period and then yeah, a lot of stuff needs to happen in that time so that you can get all of that stuff done and then take beneficial ownership and the keys. Uh, the other form of settlement, however, not so exciting. <laughs> no, no. This is the sinking of the soil or any part of the structure which it supports. That's exactly right. We so don't when like it, you know, too much. You feel settlement cracks. Cracks. Things like that. You walk through some houses on stumps and some of the stumps might have settled and it, it feels a bit wonky, you know, like you're on a boat that's sinking. Not you need so much. a good building inspector to let you know whether it's a problem or not. It's all, yeah. all houses settle to a degree, but I think within the building code or something, it's, it's a defect if the crack is more than a millimetre thick, I think, something like that anyway. So there's provision. Everyone knows that buildings settle, but when they really settle... Uh, you know, beyond that, it's not a good thing. So, yeah. right. Special conditions. This is a condition that must be met before the contract is legally binding in some states, but it can be a condition that is part of the contract once it is legally binding. For example, if buying a home, um, the purchaser may specify that the contract is not legally binding until the purchaser has obtained a building inspection. So that's one way of putting it. A special condition might also be that um, you've got a legally formed contract, but it is still subject to finance approval. So the bank will do evaluation, finalise your your finance application, and so forth. Yeah, so there's lots of special conditions that you can you can have, whether you're not they'll be agreed to or not, is a totally different thing. And <laughs> certainly in New South Wales, every contract we look at has a few extra pages of special conditions put in by the owner. 
Yeah. And so the the vendor, uh, sorry, the purchaser's solicitor or conveyancer needs to have a good look and think, okay, um, are they acceptable to me? One of them, for instance, it might be the percentage of like penalty if you default on settlement. So say you settle a, a week late, mm -hmm. then they might have a an interest payment and that's included in the special conditions. So it's um, it, there's all sorts of things that mm. can be included as special conditions. Oh, one of your favourites, Veronica. Sprucker. Spruker, hate them. <laughs> so basically a spruker is not a very um, complimentary term in property uh, spaces, although they may beg to differ. You know, right. there's there's somebody basically who tries to persuade buyers, often in a dishonest or exaggerated way. And sure. unfortunately, when it comes to property, there's always get-rich-quick schemes, always a lot of money involved, and there's always incentive for people to try to persuade buyers uh, to part with their money in a way that's not necessarily in their best interests, and I would call them spruikers. Absolutely, a square. This is an interesting one because it's it's not used often, but you will hear it, and it can be really, really confusing, and and yeah. you might feel a little bit misled by it. Like but I might say, the house is a thirteen square home. Yes. What the hell does and that you'd mean? Think, Gee, that's small. <laughs> <laughs> but it's bigger than a square meter. A square is a measure of. Um, the size of a home area. One square is approximately 9.3 square metres, right? So roughly 9.3 square metres. So if you had a 10 square home, you've got about 930 square metres. 93. 93. 93. You know, yes. Terrible piece of not, mathematics there, wasn't it? Not not your strong point, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> 900 square metre home would be pretty impressive. <laughs> what, wouldn't it? Yeah, I don't think I'm moving the decimal place to the right. Boy, boy yeah, to got the a right bit place there. there. <laughs> don't let her calculate your capital gain. Stop All it. right, stand duty. <laughs> this is estate tax on the conveyance or transfer of real property calculated on the total value of the property, including the chattels. So the purchase price. The amount varies state to state, and as you've talked about, Veronica, there are some changes that are coming through as to whether you pay stamp duty or land tax in, instead of stamp duty in um, New South Wales. So uh, very important to understand what it's actually going to cost you. Yeah, as a rough rule of thumb, around about that 4 to 5% of the purchase price, but as Megan said, it does differ state to state. Surprise, Sometimes surprise. Sometimes there's exemptions, there's concessions. Exactly. Important to understand. Some advice. Yep. Strata title. Yeah, a, a title to a unit or a lot of a plan of subdivision associated with like townhouses, units, blocks of flats, and based on the horizontal and vertical subdivision of airspace. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? So effectively, you own from the paint on the walls in. Nice. Subdivision. So that's a tract of land subdivided into, or divided, I should say, into individual lots. So it's a big piece of land made into smaller lots. That's called subdivision. Survey. <laughs> We've talked about surveys. Yeah, you know, I, I think this is a, a, you know, people don't do this often enough. They don't do a survey. Um, no, and we talked about boundaries earlier mm -hmm. and encroachments, um, but even subdivisions as a survey. So what, what a survey is, is a plan that actually shows the precise legal boundaries to the property. So, you know, where the houses or the improvements or the sheds or the pools and the fences and all the rest of it, at rights of way, all those physical features where they're actually located. So if there are encroachments, um, also the actual boundaries to make sure you can you can work out exactly what the land size mm. is because that could be important if you wanted to develop that land. 
So a survey is a very important document. It's not um, an essential document or a prescribed document anywhere in the country. So sometimes if the owner happens to have one, they'll include it and make that available. Other times when I know one will exist, I always ask for one. But sometimes the buyer themselves need to make back to conditions of sale. You know, might make a an offer subject to a satisfactory survey confirming that everything is within you know the lot boundaries, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a very important document, but unfortunately, a lot of um, they're not available often, and they take a while to get, and they cost you know a few hundred bucks is six hundred. I don't know. The last time I got one was six hundred, but I think that's probably ten years ago. (laughs) Well, if 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 a survey plan is available, but if you have to actually have the survey done, it could cost five or six thousand dollars. Mm. Get the buyer out if the property has not been surveyed. Well, so yes, so unfortunately, it would be great if one existed for every property, but they don't. Yeah, <laughs> tenancy. We have to T T T tenancy. The right to occupy a property under agreed terms and conditions. Yeah, is being the tenant. Tenants in common. Now, this does not relate to tenancy. This mm-hmm. is actually a uh, a type of joint tenancy in a property where two or more purchasers own the property in unequal shares. So joint ownership. So this is different. We talked about the um, right of survivorship. Yeah. You know that if you, as a, as a, a couple, buy a property and your partner dies, then uh, if you have bought as some um, in joint um, joint tenants, thank you. Joint yep. tenants. If you bought it as joint tenants, then you will automatically inherit the other half, right? Um, in tenants in common, that's when you might still buy with a partner, but it's like your partner might have not been working as hard as you, might only own or contribute 15% of the property, for instance, and the rest is yours, 85. Then when one of you dies, it does not automatically go to the other partner. It actually goes into your estate and has to be dealt with through your will. Yep. So a bit complicated, but very important to know these things before you enter into uh, joint agreements or joint purchases with anyone, really. It, it might Another example where this might be used and where I've used it is where you're buying a property with someone who's unrelated. So mm. it might, it might not be your, your partner in life, might be a business relationship and one person's putting in 60% of the deposit and is going to pay 60% of the mortgage and the other person's putting in 40%. Uh, so this is where you can actually allocate different amounts of shares in the property and then you'd want to have a pretty good agreement between you on how things are going to be sorted out. When one of those people dies, then uh, their part goes into their estate and is dealt with in, in a very different way to joint tenancy. And just know too, you can still own 50-50 um, <laughs> under this arrangement. So, you know, families, for instance, you might have, you know, brother and sister yeah. might decide to buy a property together. They might do it this way. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a good option for those circumstances to consider and get legal advice on. Absolutely. Title search. We talked about this a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. This is a check of the title uh, records to ensure that the seller is actually the legal owner of the property and there are no claims or Leon's outstanding. I hope that we're saying that right. We're struggling with the pronunciation <laughs> of that word. <laughs> Torrens title. This is an Adelaideans uh, invention. Do you know that Australians invented Torrens title ownership? Did you oh, know that? There you go. There you go. Let's something extend today. I know I'm a font of knowledge. <laughs> um, 
this. <laughs> Torrens title is a system of recording property ownership where registration on the certificate of title guarantees ownership. So with we mentioned company title before, yeah. and company title is an apartment uh, in an older building. Um, they didn't really have a way to share ownership or, d- or divvy up the ownership of an of an apartment building, so they made up companies and and sold shares. Right then, Torrens Title was invented, and Strata Title is a subdivision of Torrens Title. So you know it, it was a, a an Adelaidean named Mister Torrens. I I can't say it was Ms. Torrens, unfortunately, but it was Mister Torrens that invented it. There you go, townhouse. Townhouse is a dwelling. I. You know, a property Usually that strata. strata. A subset of torrents. <laughs> Generally having two or more floors attached to other similar units via party walls. Townhouse can also be freestanding. As opposed to Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it might not or, have any party walls or common walls. Or you might even have a free, uh, a um, torrents title townhouse, not strata title. So people might assume because it's sort of modern and looks like a townhouse that it is one but it's good to, to check this stuff absolutely because it does have a bearing on value it does yep transfer this is a document registered at the land titles office in each uh state and noted on the certificate of title which verifies the change of ownership of the property and a trustee uh, a fiduciary who holds or controls property for the benefit of another. So an example of that might be, um, Veronica, can you think of one? Would be company. Company, is yeah. a trustee of, um, you know. Oh, buying, a, um, buying an investment property oh, in a self-managed perfect. super fund perfect. is an example of a trustee. We're so at a trust and we've been recording this, even though this is a number of different episodes, we've been recording this in one long go. So we need to sort of get up and do some star jumps, I think, at this moment because nah, brain, we're nearly at the end. Push we're through. getting tongue tied and <laughs> and uh, forgetting forgetting our examples. Right. Now we're up to you. We're finished tea. Up to you. <laughs> Under license. I love this one. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? It's early possession of the property before settlement with the permission of the vendor. And it usually involves a payment of rent. So it's kind of getting. Possession of the property prior to settlement. But because you're only going to be effectively renting it from the owner for a few weeks during the settlement period, or sometimes, you know, it might be a longer settlement period, but it's usually only a short period of time, which is a lot shorter than any lease. And so that's why it is done under license. Underpinning. Underpinning. Yeah. Now, this (laughs) this is another name for settlement. (laughs) <laughs> yes. So <laughs> if you're or if the ground is settling and the building is getting a bit wonky and falling, um, sloping in one corner, you might get need to get under there and underpin it. Yeah, which is you know it's a really interesting process to watch, and it it, it is you know, the process of lifting the concrete back up so it's right level, or it could just be um, you know, a weatherboard house. That needs to be underpinned as well. Could yep. just be the stumps have all fallen down and the whole thing sagging and still being propped up and leveled out again. Utilities underneath. <laughs> we are on the use utilities We're on the use the private or public service facilities such as gas, electricity, telephone, water, sewer that are provided as part of the development of the land. And MBN is another one. Mm, I think we could yeah, add that, to that. yeah, it is now, isn't it? Um, evaluation. Evaluation is a written. Analysis of the estimated value of the property prepared by a qualified valuer. Yes. Herein lies the difference between an appraisal, market value, and a valuation. Exactly right. So 
unless we as real estate agents or buyers agents or sales agents are licensed valuers, we can't do valuations, but we can do uh, appraisals, market appraisals and estimates of market value. There's terminology around that. Yep. Vendor. We've talked vendor. about we've talked about sellers, um, we and it's interchangeable with the w- word vendor. They're the seller Absolutely. of the property. Yeah. To vend is to sell. <laughs> we've got another vendor, couple of vendor ones here. A vendor bid, Veronica. Mm-hmm. So that is a bid made by the auctioneer on behalf of the seller. So, you know, good on you, owner, you're going to buy your own house back. So they don't really want to buy their own house back. What they're trying to do is, um, you know, G up the, the auction process. It's not a real bid, but a public statement that the seller's not really happy with him out of the last bid and he's used to sort of keep the bidding moving forward. And depending on where you are, you will have restrictions on how many vendors' bids can be used. For example, in New South Wales, you've only got one. Use it wisely. In Victoria, you could be bidding against the vendor the whole way through the auction because yep. there's no limit. <laughs> and same with Queensland. Unlimited so, vendor bids. If you are, but there's a tip for you. They have to be um, announced, announced at the auctioneer as yes. a vendor bid. They can't be taking it from a tree, pretending <laughs> that that's a, that's a person. <laughs> vendor statement. This is uh, this Victoria. is a Victorian thing, mm-hmm. isn't it? You know, a yes, vendor statement indeed. is also known as a Section 32, and it's a document that tells potential buyers certain things about the property title that they should know before signing a contract to purchase. A vendor statement discloses information that is not really easily found just by inspecting the property. There are a lot of documents. We've mentioned it earlier. Um, In some states, the vendor has to disclose certain things. In other states like Queensland, the vendor discloses bugger all. And (laughs) Victoria and New South Wales, there's a certain amount of um, disclosures. But even then, even then, that is not enough. And it's one of the things that we do teach in your first home buyer guide, the course, is knowing what you need to know because, you know, you can't rely on what the vendor gives you because yeah. it's not enough. It doesn't cover off everything that you need to know when you're buying a property. But at least you get a little bit more in Victoria than you do in Queensland via the vendor statement or the Absolutely. section 32. Yes. But you still need to find out more. That's the point, right? Absolutely. Yep. Villa. A villa, villa. is a single, single, single story. A single story? A single, single story. story attached dwelling. Well, it's not always attached though. It's strata. So it's a single story strata or community title dwelling, depending on where you are. And quite often they were built um, and marketed to downsizers because, you know, the single level, right? And you'll find now that it's just not that um, economical to yeah. build them when you can build double story um, townhouses on the same sort of land. And Take so up they footprint. Yeah, they can be quite good, um, you know, first home buyer options, actually, villas. <laughs> Void. This is having no legal force or effect. So to be unenforceable or to void. Contract may be void. A condition may be void. If it hasn't been written correctly, it just can't be enforced. Yeah. So if someone's stuffed up and written the wrong things in the contract, you don't want it to be voided unless... It's in your best interest. Right. You know, interestingly, we had one example um, in the 20 years that I've been doing buyer's agency where a contract was voided uh, because the seller passed. So, ah. um, yeah, so that is, a, that is a case. There are very, very, very few um, opportunities for a seller to terminate a contract without significant remedy against mm. them. Um, it is one of the few uh, where a, a contract can be voided um, if the, the seller passes. 
Well, there you go. It's a bit sad, though, isn't it? You know, you think a yeah. buyer gets, it's like, what bad timing. Yeah, and then it goes in a probate and, you know, mm. you go to process and so forth. Water course. So that is a natural stream of running water fed by a natural source such as a stream or river, and they can run under houses. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Very importantly, you know if one's there. <laughs> if you're renovating and you strike a, a spring, it's probably not in your interest. <laughs> no, and in fact, where I am in Sydney, there's, you know, I've known properties where they've been renovated, they start excavating, they found an old well, you know, and oh, then there's heritage applications yeah. and all sorts of stuff. It can be quite, it's not simple, definitely mm. not simple. All right, yield. Let's Roughly talk through that. Why? We're, we're nearly at the end here. Where are we on? Yield is the interest earned or returned by an inv investor on an investment, stated as a percentage of the amount invested. So when we say the interest, that means that. Whatever your income on that property as the proportion of the purchase price, and it can be calculated differently. Some people calculate yield as their purchase price. Other people calculate it as to market value. Um, and there's different times at which, um, you know, the different calculation of yield will be more appropriate or less appropriate, but that's basically what it is. And there is gross yield and net yield, which mm. we won't go into as much, but one uh, takes into account all of the costs and one doesn't. Yep. Zoning. Zed. Zed. And then we've got a number. We do. Uh, zoning is the local authority guidelines for the permitted use of the land. It's what you can and can't do on it. Yep. And drum roll. The last one. W certificate. Something that I live and breathe by. <laughs> In New South Wales, the only way that a buyer can waive the cooling off period on a contract, except when you're buying at auction, is to have the solicitor or conveyancer provide a 66W certificate. And in other states, you can waive your cooling off period by just writing an email, but not in New South Wales. You have to get a specific certificate, which basically means that your solicitor or conveyancer have explained to you the what rights you are waiving and they've explained the contract to you as well. So, um, and what the risks are, obviously, of proceeding without a cooling off period. So it's a pretty important document in New South Wales, and it carries a lot of weight when you're negotiating to say, and I've got a 66W. Very good. We have reached the end, Veronica. Here you so go. here we have three episodes of real estate terminology, jargon, things that you might have heard that you really didn't know what they mean. You can now go out there in your real estate home buying journey with a lot more knowledge and information, download and save the document in the show notes because this could really save you from misinterpreting what is being said at any point in time. In this episode, we've covered a very small part of our 10-step online course for first-time buyers. If you would like to learn more about the process and how to buy without making a mistake, then head over to our website, www.homebuyeracademy.com.au. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss an episode. And if you like what you've heard today, please give us an iTunes review. Five stars would be wonderful. It will help others find us as well. Thank you for joining us. We hope you found this really useful. And if you have, please share the love with others who you know are in the same boat. We'll be back next week with some more priceless stuff.